0: Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie. Today on the Zabecast, the glorious college football one shining moment montage, which really wasn't. He was on ESPN. Well, I've found it, and I now know where that awesome book and that song comes from. Former sports reporter running mate Andy Poland is with us today as our special guest, and he's got a theory on why the Kirk drama is like the movie Ordinary People. All that, and why alligators are like Elsa from Frozen. You got a half an hour or more to kill, then. Buckle up, and let's go. Wednesday, Jan 10, 2018, and welcome, welcome this one. Is going to cost you close to an hour, but I think it's going to be worth it. Got a good podcast today. Thank you for tuning in. And yes, please subscribe on iTunes. We are now up on iTunes. And yes, please let me know if there's a platform where you would like to see this that I don't know exists or I have not clicked the right buttons on my Libsyn account. And yes, please correct any and all of my mistakes. And yes, please tell Two friends. You can always reach me, Zabe at yahoo.com, at Zabe on Twitter, Zabe.com for even more content and more archives of these shows on SoundCloud. At the end of the national championship game on Monday night, very end, after all the post game, all the locker room, all the stuff, the interviews, whatever, they ran about a two and a half, about three and a half minute montage of pretty much the entire season in college football. It was essentially the one shining moment for college football. But instead of the perhaps, you know, worn out and overly cheesy, one shining moment, this was a montage set to a song that I had never heard before. And I was like, what is that song? That is a great song. And it turns out it's a song by Allo Black called King, King is Born. Boy. It's a great sort of remix and a mashup or whatever. He takes the hook from a 1970s song called Vehicle, which you're probably like, oh, that song. I'm your vehicle, man. Vehicle, baby. And he's got these, you know, riffs and lyrics mixed in as well. I don't have Vehicle queued up to play, but you can go search it and listen to it. It's a great horn hook, great horn riff, and he really uses a good ear. And when you watch this montage, which I did post to Zabe.com in the upper right-hand corner, turn up the sound. It's awesome. So anyway, they did this montage, and it was absolutely fantastic, and I forgot to roll tape on it on my DVR, and I have a machine that can pull any high-def video off of my DVR. And that's a harder thing to do than you might think because they put all kinds of sort of content restriction gateways on devices to be able to pull video off of your cable or satellite box. But I've got this box I bought a while ago called a Halpage DVR. And... Basically, video game users would use this thing to videotape or to, to pull sessions of them playing video games to then post to the Internet, which, again, it's apparently a huge thing. I, it blows my mind that people watch video games on YouTube or video games live. I believe that's called, is it not Stitcher? Stitcher? Scritcher? Scratcher? Something like that. Anyway, back to the montage. The montage is absolute audio-visual production brilliance. It is an artistic masterpiece. And I just hate the fact that it seems like I'm one of the few people, and there's not a whole lot of us, that really get off on this stuff. I mean, I love montages. I want to have the greatest collection of sports video montages ever known. Of everything. It doesn't matter. To me, it's just fantastic. Like, I've got montages. I've got old Ryder Cup montages. Golf nerd. I have an ESPN montage of pretty much every great sports highlight in the last, well, in the television era almost, that was set to uh, Aerosmith. And, uh, oh, shoot, I can't think of the song right now. I'm choking on it. But um, it's phenomenal. And I've posted a bunch of these. If I have a YouTube channel. I need to get that kind of cleaned up and tightened up. But I've posted this stuff before. And and luckily, most of the montages, you know, the corporate lawyers and the vultures don't swoop in and take it down and close my account, which is great because these things take hours and hours and hours of work. And they're brilliant. They're artistic masterpieces. They're inspiring. If you're a fan of sports, you watch them and you go, wow, that is so fucking cool. And they deserve to be shared. They should be shared. They should be all you know, put on a big DVD, a Blu-ray, and sold in stores. problem is you're talking about very complicated rights fees if you were going to actually package these montages and sell them because you've got you know, the music rights, which you have to secure, and then there's the highlight rights that all these different leagues have. And sometimes if you're taking old footage, like the Aerosmith uh, one, now I'm going to have to find that song because it's killing me. You're talking about some old footage of sporting events that is owned by individuals that you have to get the rights to if you're going to sell it and put it on DVD. So anyway, I found the montage. Somebody pulled it on YouTube. Thank God for that. I downloaded it and saved it on my hard drive. With uh, I've got several programs if you find something on YouTube. I've got 4K Downloader. 4, it's called 4K Video Downloader. I've got YouTube Downloader. I've got... Amerisoft video converter, which also downloads stuff. So if you want more information on this, email me and I'll send you it. But the video is up there, so you should definitely enjoy it. All right, it's me and Andy in the car again. I love it as we check in. On what's happening in D.C. sports and beyond, Andy Poland, my longtime partner on The Sports Report, is my mentor, my huh. older brother, Andy. Andy. Much older. Not much older. Ten years? Ten right. years, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now, host of Andy Poland's D.C. podcast, yeah. which can be found wherever podcasts are sold, and a new season... Starts next month. Very nice. Yeah. And who is going to lead you out of the tunnel for 2018?
1: I'm waiting for a confirmation email from Mel Kuiper, but I think he'll probably do it.
0: Mel! Okay, how's Mel doing
1: Mel's doing great he moved uh, out to um, Kent Island he's got a nice house out Ooh. there yeah
0: Mel's doing great wouldn't it be funny if one day Mel's like God I am so fucking sick of football <laughs> like I cannot look at another <laughs> college prospect again without losing my mind you know it's it's such a rhythm of his life that I think
1: if he stopped it would be like if he had to stop breathing.
0: Don't you think it's also – it's got to be his passion, too. He still has to love it. He, has, he right? loves it, but, but he's gotten himself into
1: – you know, what he'll do – see, people think he, he just picks up on guys, you know, when they start to get publicity, when they have a big year or something. He starts tracking it when they're freshmen. And he's done this long before all these guys had these four-star and five-star rankings for high school prospects. He would talk to the coaches yeah. before the season started and he'd say, hey, who do you have on your roster that's coming in that you think has the potential to be a pro player? And then he would stay with that player for four years. Right. So by the time he was ready to come into the NFL draft, he
0: tracked his whole career. He was familiar with him. But nowadays, that's not even that impressive because this kid, Tua Tagovailoa, freshman, I know I've been practicing, you know, he was already on everyone's radar screen for several years in high school. Right. Because these high school passing camps are now all the rage. Oh, yeah.
1: Mel was involved in that for a while, too. Did did Mel ever have a camp? I don't think so, no. See, he should have a camp. He never played football. Do you know that? Uh, At no level, well, other than Sandlot, yeah. But he never played in high school. He was on the baseball team at uh, whoever. Really, who it was yeah. The one that uh, Juan Dixon went to, yeah.
0: Okay, but he could still lend his name to a camp, though. He could, and I think he was
1: involved in one of those seven on seven passing camps at one time. I don't know whether he still is.
0: We should start a camp. You, sportscaster camp? No. Because what I always tell kids is, don't do this. You wind up like me. Right. Well, no. no I don't want to train a replacements for God's sakes. Yeah. No. I mean, a, a quarterback camp, and oh. we could get some of the all-time great ex-Redskin quarterbacks like John Beck, perhaps, <laughs> to come and show people how to take a sack. Yeah. Or a <laughs> Right. You know that our quarterback, uh, that our quarterback shirt or jersey, like the Browns jersey with all the names, the one for the Redskins is not that far off from what the Browns have had. Yeah. And one of those names on that jersey
1: won a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson.
0: Exactly. There was
1: no Spurgeon win there. Right. You know. Right. You
0: won it it with another team. Yeah. And won it with Chucky. And now Chucky's back in the NFL. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. But let me go back to, you know, the the freshman thing and, Mm -hmm. and and the college football. So, for years, when you and I did a show, you would always say that Texas USC was the greatest college football yes. game you ever saw. Yes. I believe that Monday's championship has nudged that off the top spot. I'm going to take a wild guess, Andy. A wild guess, as can be a trustful site say. And say that you have not budged from your opinion. Well, I, and I heard what you said on the air on Monday, and it was oh, thank great. you. You're, You're a regular
1: listener. I am. You did a, <laughs> you did a great job of, of breaking down what happened there. Uh, two things. One, the Texas-USC game didn't have this wild happenstance of the coach changing his quarterback in the
0: middle of the game Ballsy to, to a quarterback who basically never played. Right, and it's not like all year Alabama had flip-flop yeah, guys. Right. It wasn't like Spurrier that would change quarterbacks like socks. Right? right?
1: Right, 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 So, So that was that you had That's that. That's a big plot twist big, in there. Big plus. Plus you had the basically the Patriots of college football right, getting their butts kicked in right. the first half mm-hmm. and then totally turning around. On the other hand, you had USC, which would have been a coronation. That would have been basically three straight national championships. Now, we didn't know about Reg- they won?
0: and they won the last two? Yeah, and okay. we didn't
1: know about Reggie Bush and his family cheating their asses off and all that, and he was going to yeah, lose so they, got a, they got a condo on Malibu, big deal. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> so we didn't know that was all going to happen, and this was basically a coronation keep, of yeah. the
0: great dynasties of all time in college Yeah, because
1: you're, you're talking about the handful of them, like yeah. Oklahoma with Bud Wilkinson in the 40s, and, yeah. and you know Notre Dame maybe had some great teams over the years but nobody really had done this. So he had that. And he had the added element of Vince Young. Now, it's hard for people to imagine that Vince Young was that great in college football. Right. Since in the pros, he really wasn't bupkis. But uh, when he was unstoppable in college and, and, uh, and to have sit there with my son, who then was, a, I think, a freshman in high school. And I said to him, if Texas gets the ball back. Texas is going to win the game, and Vince Young is going to score the winning touchdown. Now, my what predictions
0: did, aren't usually that good. What did What did Young Jeremy say at the time? He, he was how old? He was a freshman, fourteen years okay. old. Okay. So he, he thought. Did he say in squeaky voice? Oh, Dad, you're crazy. I think his voice has already changed. But Dad, he, you're an idiot. Well, he thinks I'm an idiot anyway. But
1: he <laughs> he uh no, I, I don't remember exactly what he said. But we were just both amazed, and then Vince Young, with basically no time left on the clock.
0: Right, engineer to drive, and yeah. then ran it in on fourth and four right. and to then, the right corner of the end then zone. Then
1: there's a great shot, I think it's a still shot, of him standing there with the confetti falling on him. It's I think just, it's a
0: video shot. Whatever it is. It's slow-mo, a slow-mo, yeah. but a godlike
1: yeah. figure, and yeah. th- this game really didn't have that, but they both had unbelievable elements to them.
0: Okay, so what are you saying? Is it?
1: Is I'll, it... I'll say you—you've nudged me, but you haven't <laughs> nudged. Once again, you haven't knocked me off the off my position. That that's the greatest sporting event I ever watched live.
0: Continuing a great tradition with Andy, everybody. <laughs> I have only nudged him. I've moved him, but not really. It's, uh, I, and and no matter how much I huff and puff on anything, have I ever changed your mind on anything?
1: Uh no,
0: I'm still I'm so.
1: still in favor of replay. It's still like you that. You still are. Are I mean, you moving
0: at all on replay? Well,
1: we've got to make some changes to it. All
0: right. Oh, what would you change on replay? Well, first of all,
1: if if it isn't
0: overwhelming video evidence that a catch is a catch, it's a catch. Okay, but you say that there's no such thing as overwhelming. But there's, there's One man's overwhelming is yeah, another man's, no, oh, I definitely saw that, but or the, I didn't see that.
1: The most egregious example of that this year was that end of the first half play in Buffalo and New England. Now, it didn't wind up deciding the game because the Patriots won big, but that was a catch. Come on, that's a catch.
0: Well, a lot of people think otherwise, I know, and then believe it or not. Yeah, and so there's going to be cases like this ca- that come up I over know. and over again. How about the replay in the title game with the Georgia wide receiver – his heel, yeah. right on the edge. Like, that was literally as close as you can get to Right, we're not sure if he's on the line or not. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, but again... I still like the the backstop. the The implementation of it is terrible,
0: but you the, like it there as a case a giant fuck up happens, like Jeff Triplett's crew not calling a well, fumble. Jeff Jeff Triplett needs to go. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a joke. But but I go back to the
1: game. It was I think it was the '94 AFC Championship game, and Jim Harbaugh
0: was the quarterback
1: of the Colts. Yeah, and they didn't have instant replay back. I don't
0: think that no. was the Hail Mary against Pittsburgh in the end zone that almost got caught. Yeah. And was ruled incomplete, and luckily Correctly. it was the correct call. Correctly. But, but it was real close. Yeah. yeah but right. So the wrong team could have been sent to the Super Bowl bad. on a bad call. Bad. Yeah. Not good. But my feeling is so, so what if that happens? No, I, know, I, know, I know. It happens. Yeah. It, No one's going to die. Yeah, but, but Jim, just someone's going to go to the game on a bad call. Jim Harbaugh would have gone to the Super
1: Bowl and maybe. And been more
0: insufferable. Or,
1: yeah, maybe wouldn't have thrown those two stupid Neil O'Donnell interceptions to Larry Brown. And, uh, you know, then he's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback.
0: Speaking of Harbaugh, Nick Wright on FS1 said he thought Harbaugh was better than Belichick. In what? A better coach. He's not. <laughs> oh, but he said it forcefully, and he said it with bravado, Andy, and he, he laid out arguments yeah. for his take on this. And I kept thinking to myself, who the fuck would buy this opinion that you know, he's better than Belichick? You know, part of being a good coach is learning how to manage up. Meaning manage the bosses breathing down your neck, just like Bob Kraft has to be doing.
1: Now, we'd have to talk to our good friend Dave Feldman more about this, but Jed York doesn't seem that insufferable. But somehow Harbaugh
0: burned himself out there in three years. I think with it, I think what happened there. And by the way, Feldy would be a terrible source because he's completely biased. That's true. He's total, true. total butt buddies with Harbaugh, which is cool because they played high school basketball yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, They're supposed it. to yeah. be butt buddies. You're right. You're right. But it, but here's the thing. I think Harbaugh looked up at the Yorks and said, "These guys are." fucking idiots i can't work for them they're not as smart as me they're not as driven as i am to make this team Mm -hmm. great but i also think harbaugh wore out his act with professional players which is different than college yeah
1: yeah i think i think belichick understands how to do the whole thing now what happened in cleveland i mean think about this Belichick and Sabin were on the same staff Isn't that insane So not only did he know how to coach He knew how to pick assistant coaches Because exactly. he got right out of Kent State I think uh-huh. and, and so they had all that there And the big problem was that the team was moving And that's what caused that whole season to, to implode and so when they moved from Cleveland to Baltimore, that's when they thought they had to get rid of Belichick, whose only fault really was he wasn't good to talking to, to the media. Well, right. we learned that he knows how to handle that now. I mean, they, they by just, just
0: not talking to the media. They
1: just had the Hindenburg in New England, and he just, what
0: with the Alex Guerrero stuff? Yeah, and they just blew, he just blew right by it. Well, they just ignored it. They're yeah. like, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I it's mean like if that happened here,
1: oh my god!
0: Oh god! So yeah, well, I'd love to have some success to break up. Yeah.
1: No, but (laughs) I'm I'm saying if if there if there was a story about a
0: trainer for Kirk Cousins that was working with him outside the team facility that was getting other players to come with him and they were ignoring the training staff and blah, 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 blah. It'd be a a bomb. And this apparently exploded behind the scenes in September. When did we find out
1: about it? December? Uh, they keep things buttoned up. Buttin up. <laughs> that would have gotten That's out for the sure. door of Redskin Park five minutes after it happened.
0: Well, how about that brief rumor, which is I think now died, that, well, maybe Belichick leaves and goes to the Giants. Yeah. I, Can you imagine, Andy, as a Redskin fan, him moving into the neighborhood? I would literally throw my hands up and go, well, we're fucked. We're, we're just never, ever going to win again.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would suck. He's got Bob Kraft wrapped around his hand. He, you think I think so? I don't, I don't necessarily buy the, the Jimmy Garoppolo trade was ordered by Kraft. So now he's going to deal. Now the father was a hell of a guy. I, I met a Wellington Mara a number of times. A really nice man. His son is a putz. Really? Yeah. I, he seems to me. I don't okay. know him, but he. seems But you to, met Wellington, yes, the
0: old man, the giant He was, he was okay. a, you
1: know old school guy. He bought the team. Well, his father bought the team in the twenties. It was family business. Right. The son seems to be a jerk. Okay. And I don't think that Belichick would work for him. I don't think I don't think he. I think he would look at that situation. You don't say, think he'd
0: figure out a way to manage up? Maybe, but that's I, what Parcells did when he went to the Cowboys. He said, okay. This Jerry Jones is an impetuous shithead, but I'm going to deal up because yeah. he's a billionaire, and I'm going to tell him I'm going to manage that. Yeah, but he realized I'm going to manage that. But also, if if you go to New York and you're Bill
1: Belichick, the expectation is you have a Super Bowl winner in three years, and he, and? and he may not he may look at that and you think say, I can't do that. I don't think with the with the setup you've got here, I don't think I can do that. Interesting. And why else would he coach at this point in his career? Why else would he coach other than to have a chance to win Super Bowls?
0: I would love to see Belichick in a different NFL team with a different quarterback just to see how he does. I do not want that in my neighborhood. We have enough problems (laughs) winning with the natural state of things in the NFC East. We do not need, I think, the modern-day Lombardi in our division. That would be bad. He won 11 games with Matt Castle. Exactly. Matt Castle. They had Brady knocked out for four games, and they didn't miss a blink. Now, there's no way Belichick wanted to trade Garoppolo. You say you don't buy it that Kraft told him to trade him. I say that's 100% true. I believe that Brady absolutely ordered the code red on that because – Bre- Belichick's not an idiot. He knew Garoppolo was good.
1: Okay, but he might have also saw, saw the situation with Brady, and rather than butt heads with Brady, he traded. I don't. I have a hard time believing that Kraft called him into his office and said, "Look, we got a problem. Tommy's unhappy, so you're going to have to trade Garoppolo." And if, why do you
0: have a hard time believing
1: that? Because I don't think Belichick would do it. I think. I think if Belichick, what's, Be-
0: what's Belichick going to do? Say no? Well, I think he also the looked- owner would just pick up the phone and say, yeah. here's Garoppolo,
1: give us a second round. Well, he also looked at the situation and he goes, Well, if we keep him around for the rest of the year, we're gonna have to franchise him or give him a long term contract. He's not gonna sign a long term contract because
0: Brady's talking about playing till forty five. See, the power move would be to keep Garoppolo yeah. and at the end of this year, yeah. win or lose, but especially if they win another title. Boom. The Brady era is over. No. You let him go somewhere else, no. and you ride the new kid for 10 more years in the future. That's the ballsy long-term play that these owners can't get their head around doing. Yes. You're shaking your head like, no, well, why we, not? Because Belichick, if you know anything about him, he is
1: an expert on the history of football. His yeah. father was into that. They used to buy out his football books. Right. So he understands What would happen
0: if to his legacy if he were to say goodbye, Brady? Yeah, if they forced him out and the and the Patriots. But what if Brady goes off a cliff at forty one and has one half of one more good year? He'll look like a genius. He would, but but I think that he. Well, what's the percentage play? The percentage play is, is to get out of Brady if, if, and get into Garoppolo. Yes, that's that's the cold percentage play. Right,
1: but I think he looked at the whole big picture and the whole legacy of the 15
0: years oh, A legacy. And 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 he's, and got, and he's got he's got how and many,
1: many and rings? Five. But how he's put himself? He 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 came into the job in New England in 2000, in 2000. People wondering whether he could be a head coach at all. Now he's put himself with Lombardi and Walsh and yes, Gibbs and all in the, in the pantheon. Maybe he's better than all of them. And, I think he and, is. And so he doesn't want to come across, oh boy, what a hard-ass he was. He, he he threw the greatest quarterback in the history of football out the door. I don't think he wants that. Well, then franchise Garoppolo. But then, then you're stuck paying him. You, you're going to have, what, $40 million a oh. year invested in quarterback.
0: Yeah, for one year. Yeah, for one year. And then if Brady, something goes snap, crackle, pop, I believe Brady's cliff is coming. Maybe. You don't believe that? Well, look. Uh, Joe Montana, I
1: think, in his last year, won an AFC, went to the AFC championship game. And how old was he? He's younger, but <laughs> yeah,
0: that's my point.
1: But he wasn't eating avocado ice
0: cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, Andy. Tom Brady's tendons are not eating avocado ice cream that's true his ligaments his yeah. joints the cartilage yeah. in there he can be as pliable supple strong and healthy as he wants but guess what your ligaments are your ligaments and age is age okay. and eventually the cliff is coming uh, all right do you want him to do this let's say that roethlisberger
1: listens to his wife who's in the medical profession and retires at the end of the year you want brady walking across the
0: street and winning a super bowl with pittsburgh uh, if it was me you take that risk yeah If it was me, you take the risk and say this is the percentage play because I saw what happened. Look at what the Lakers did riding Kobe to the very bitter end. They're fucked now. The Lakers are so upside down. And they had a chance to go, okay, it's really over with Kobe. I know it's going to look bad right now because he's so popular and there's a million number eight jerseys in L.A. But guess what? It's done. It's over. We're moving on. If he wants to play for the Raptors for a season, so be it. Yeah. But, but they didn't have the guts to do it because it was this affinity play of, oh, but he's so identified with the Lakers. It was great for Kobe. Yeah. It's been bad for the Lakers. I think the, 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 the Patriots are possibly in the same spot. Well, I
1: just think if, if Belichick really wanted to do that, he would have been able to do it. And he hmm. obviously looked at the, to me anyway, he looked at the big picture and he said, that's not a picture I want to leave behind.
0: Meanwhile, here in D.C., yeah. by the way, Andy Poland, our guest today, as we were in the car at the Qdoba, yeah. across from my station, ESPN 980, on the Boulevard of Dreams, Rockville Pike, where there's four gas stations yeah. right here on Rollins yeah. Avenue, where there This five. used to be the putt-putt right here, right? Are I, we not I, I, sitting right on hole number six of the I, I, putt-putt? I had, I had my 10th birthday. I got a picture, <laughs> pictures of me at it. the putt-putt with the green golf
1: ball and the, and the, <laughs> and the putter and my, my shorts and my PF flyers. Yeah. Oh,
0: meanwhile, here in D.C., well, Andy... Looks like mom and dad are getting divorced. Well, they have to. I mean, come on. Mom and dad are getting divorced. That the Kirk Cousins, Washington Redskins marriage, uneasy as it was, is over. Yeah, but what we didn't know until recently was how much dad resented mom. Dad being the Redskins. Dad being... I count Kirk as the mom in this. And I count Jay as the dad. Oh, Jay's the dad. And, and Jay's What Jay said... When right after the season, like he was seven and nine, so how good could he be? Yeah, that comment. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're saying that one left a mark.
1: Well, yeah, and 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 he said he had flashes. No, no, he had three straight four thousand yard seasons. He
0: said flashes. He He said he did some nice things. He competed. I'm like Jesus Christ. That's the all the compliments you can give him. And and then and then Kirk, the only thing he could chalk it up to when he was on
1: Grant and Danny, one of my employers. Don't uh, say that, Andy. (laughs) Uh, He he said. (laughs) He said that, uh, oh, he he chalked it up to he was still frustrated two days after his worst performance as a quarterback, and that's why he said those things. But the reality is he's saying those things because I think he's looking at it like, I am not going through another year of this. Right. Either he's here or he's not here. And to be honest with you, I, I love him,
0: but I don't love him that much. Wow. So you're ready to see mom leave. But I think he is. I think I think. Uh, no, as you as a fan. Oh yeah. See, because I liken the fans to the kids and the family, and a lot of us kids have seen the collection of skanks and drunks and mean mommies that Dad has brought through the door. No question. McNabb and Beck and RG3. And this mommy is a nice mommy. She makes our sandwiches. She'll cut the crust off. She never leaves us late picking us up from Little League. I understand. I like this mommy. And Dad is saying, I don't know. She's kind of boring. I'm not happy with her. Two
1: straight season-closing games against the Giants. One with everything to play for. And yeah. the Giants had nothing to play for. Look, I'd like to see him resign. And then this last game. But it sounds like you're ready for mom
0: to leave. You're like, okay, fine. Well, because Mom's because
1: mom has been has had her bag packed for two years,
0: and she's put it at the see? front door, and she's ready to go. And you know what? There's a lot of fans, like kids in the in the family. That are turning on us kids going, fuck mom. Mom is a bitch. Mom is <laughs> passive aggressive. Right. She's been threatening to leave now right. for a couple years. Right. You know, dad's trying his best. Yeah. You know, he's giving mom money for her polo <laughs> habit. He's <laughs> buying her expensive bracelets. And does mom say thank you? No. She just keeps her bags packed. Yeah. Fuck mom. There's another mom coming. Well, what happened, the, it, it, first of all, dad started it because he stole mom's keys mom was like i'm gonna go drive around the neighborhood and see what other teams are out there for me and dad goes yoink franchise tag i got your keys well because because the offer for the long-term deal was the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard it was not good
1: first of all it's 16 million dollars a year that's fine only 25 of it was guaranteed he was going to pay be paid 20 under the tag if he stunk if he was benched at half season in 2016 he catches on somewhere else for 5 million somewhere else he is guaranteed 25 million there's right. no way he's not going to get I that i and know so, so, i know so so then it comes to this next off season they make him an offer which is not out of line but he says no <laughs> right no you didn't do it last time you see how it fit you see how this feels
0: and he's still saying no and i think he's at the point of breaking him so question what Will happen between now and the March 6 deadline for the Redskins to apply either a transition tag of $28 million with no ability to match another, well, no, no exclusive ability to match an offer. You can you can match an offer, yeah. but there will be offers coming in, or $34 million to keep Kirk off the market, which will happen by March 6. What's uh, going to happen? Uh, for
1: a while, I was believing if they really wanted him back, they were going to tag him and and make him pay. For the 30, thirty-four and a half million, Peter King was saying, "Hey, it's not that big a deal. You know, it's salary caps going up. They can blah, afford blah, blah. it." But I think I think their play is they put the transition tag on him. Somebody beats him, and they go, well, you know, we wanted to re-sign him, but this was just a ridiculous offer. So we're going to choose from uh, some of the remainder bin here. Oh, there's, there's uh Well Alex there's-
0: Smith can be had for a yeah. second rounder. Yeah, fine. Oh, let's go get this guy. Yeah. Okay, so in other words, your, your predicted outcome is— Transition. Transition Somebody tag. Somebody signs him. Transition tag, and then to throw their hands up and go, huh. Well, a pair of 10s, we can't beat that hand, but we wish Kirk the best. Then they they can sell it to the fan base like, well, you wouldn't want us to sign him to that insane of a deal, would you?
1: Well, that's what they did last offseason. They said we guaranteed him the second highest amount of money for a quarterback, and he wouldn't even give us a counter.
0: But here's the thing, though. If the deal is reasonable, let's say on the transition tag, Denver comes in with a reasonable deal like $24 AAV. And a guarantee of only 70 to 75, which the Redskins would say, well, now that's a deal we could have done last year. We'll take it. We're going to match. Kirk and his agent have to put some barbs in there, some hooks, some poison pills, some outs, something to prevent the Redskins from saying, we'll take that deal. Because Kirk, I think, will play Andy for less than market value somewhere good, like Denver, where they're ready to win.
1: Well, it's just like, look, Dan Helley... I, 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 he heard this from people. He's at the NFL Network. Somebody said to him, "It makes all the sense in the world." One of the big reasons they didn't counter last they're year is they're afraid match. Afraid they'd match, and he'd right. be stuck here.
0: Right? Okay. So, so, so mom and dad are getting divorced, yeah. and we've got another month Step-mom. and a half—month and a half—for this to churn and burn, and then we can finally, I hope, move forward. Yeah. I, I hate how Kirk—the whole Kirk situation—not Kirk himself—but I hate how the situation has split the fan base. Well, I did this on my show last Saturday.
1: Do you remember the movie Ordinary People? No. No, it's so Mary Tyler Moore is in it. I've heard of it, okay. but I don't think I ever saw it. You know the plot it. line. The basic storyline is I don't is, know the plot line. It's an uh, upwardly mobile rich family in 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 uh, Chicago. Donald Sutherland plays the father, Timothy Hutton plays the son who survived a boating accident which killed the older son. Over the course of the movie it becomes clear that the, one of the reasons that Mary Tyler Moore is such a cold fish here is she loved the older son more and every time she looks at the younger son, she resents the fact that he survived. And that's what wow. they got and that's what they got here, because it's just like when they, one of the stories that came out on Kirk was, after Shanahan's office was being packed up, Yeah, he was talking in the hallway to Snyder and Allen, and he said, if you really want Robert to be your quarterback, you're going to need to trade Kirk, because he's better. And they Oh, went no! And they, and they apparently went,
0: well, we'll show you! So you're saying that, like in Ordinary People, RG3 was the son that died? Yeah. And, and they Kirk loved him the one, more. They loved him more. Yeah. And Kirk was the one who lived, yeah. and he's just not the older son. Yeah, the older son
1: in the movie is we don't see much of him, but his name is Buck. And it's <laughs> clear like he's an athlete, he's an outgoing guy. And Timothy Hutton is sort of like a quiet kind of kid and has some trouble in school. And so that's that's what they're looking at. And every time they see Kirk, it reminds them that R G 3s career died. And, it pisses and they them can't off. stand that.
0: And you know what? There might be some feeling like that Kirk helped RG3 unravel because of that pressure behind him. Yeah, and, Kirk, and so they kind of blame him sort of Oh, for yeah, and, and they know
1: that in these quarterback meetings, Kirk was always prepared. He'd always done his homework. Robert hadn't done his homework. Oh, he spent a lot of time in the gym. He had big muscles. He had deals with Gatorade showing his rehab workouts. All but, in for week one. Yeah, but but meantime, when the correct answer needed need to be said, there was Kirk in the back of the room with his hand I up. Know.
0: Ooh, 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 I got it. Once upon a time, Andy, I'd say 20, 30 years ago, maybe, in my more naive sports fan self, I would have thought the notion of that dynamic having anything to do in what they're going to do with the most important position on the team in the future of the franchise, I would have thought that that would be so ridiculous that I would scoff at it. But as I've gotten older and wiser, and as I have seen up close how strong personalities, money, Mm -hmm. ego, and everything else comes into the mix, it makes all the sense in the world to me this shit happens in sports
1: oh and Snyder one of the fringe benefits for him owning the team is to get chummy with the star player and he did it with Clinton they gave Clinton multiple <laughs> extensions for a running
0: back. Those are disposable items. In fairness to the Clinton, I think he performed up to it most of the way. Okay, the and, he,
1: and he played hard. He had he, yeah. he, he worked hard. But you're right. He
0: was he was friends with Snyder, and he yeah. will say that he was yeah. friends with Snyder.
1: And, and and I and do you see Kirk going to Vegas with Snyder? No.
0: No, and, and definitely but, not. But
1: Robert was rolling around with him, going to see Morgan Freeman shows. No. And, and they, you know, no, and the they, correspondence
0: Dinner, remember that? The Correspondents no.
1: Dinner, they were chums. And uh, I don't think he <sighs> likes the fact that his star quarterback isn't his buddy.
0: All I know is, like, I, I want the fan base at least to come back together again because the Kirk thing has split us. And it's bad enough, if we're all Redskins fans, which we are as Redskins fans, we're rooting for the team to be good. The last thing we need is be fighting each other over the value of the quarterback, and it's gotten way too bitter, way too divided. Warn everybody the, out! The never Kirkers uh, and uh, the Kirk jerks like me—we have dug in, and I want that to at least go away. I'd prefer us to be good together, but if we have to suck yeah. together, together is better than being split and not very good.
1: Look, if, if Alex Smith is here next year, and they go nine, and, take that. And they go nine and seven. Do people sit around and go? Would have been a Super Bowl team with Kirk. I don't think so.
0: No, they don't. But then people will say we're really not going anywhere
1: with Alex Smith. Yeah, but they're not going anywhere with Kirk. They've had three. I I, I, I don't. Uh... I, I don't have a problem re-signing him. I think they should. But the way things have unraveled to this point, and with the with the scorched earth that's beneath them, it's time to move on. Okay. And and if it, either he's got to say, look, I'm all in on the Redskins, and this is where I want to be. My family's happy here. I like the organization. I like working with Jay. Fine. But he said, I want to test free yeah. agency. He doesn't really want to, you know, make sure this is his final destination.
0: By the way, on on that Kirk, you know, charity appearance on your station mm-hmm. uh, with Grant and Danny, just as a note on that, because on the air on 980, you know, we, we, we need to tiptoe around yeah. that. We're not, we're not in the business of giving anyone, pub, But yeah. I can say it, at least in this format, in this forum here. Look, it was one of the all-time great prospect hits, in sports radio history that four years ago, they went to Kirk, then the backup, and said, would you like to do a weekly radio show and we'll I'll pay you? Three, four th- or three years th- ago. Three before the 2015 season. Yeah. But- so, I mean, kudos kudos to Grant, Danny, yeah. Chris Kennard, whoever did it to get him. That was great. But when people ask me about it, and they're like, well, why isn't he on your station? My answer is, oh, we tried. Believe me, this deal came up every year, and we, we you know, our station... And by way of our station, the Redskins. I don't know if people can hear those sirens right there. Love the Rollins Avenue fire engine station right there. Great people. So, obviously, our station said, we'd like you to do the same thing for us, but Kirk had total control of that. Yeah. And he chose loyalty to stick with you guys, and that's great, but it's over. Yeah, but the— It's over now. You had your last one. Well, (laughs) but
1: the the other thing that you have to realize, and and all credit for for Grant, I think, who made this deal happen and then Geinert helped put it together— this is before the 2015 season. You've already, you already know that Robert is very nervous about having Kirk behind him. So you can't have the team-owned radio station hiring the backup to do a radio I know. show.
0: Well, we were not going to give him that spot three years ago. But in the years oh, yeah. that he became the starter, well, yeah. there was every effort made to port over this appearance for him into you know, our environment. Right. And he
1: said, and I think that's another indication that he doesn't necessarily want to be here. No, you guys had your chance.
0: You didn't do it. Well, I think there's loyalty, and I think also, let's say he was over with us, and he did want to do this thing to raise money for charity and talk about his future. You know that our station and the team would go, no, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. They would put the kibosh yeah, on it, right? that's true. Because they they had to be seething just listening to that thing, because it, it just kind of makes them look like dummies, whether... You know, he intends it to be that way or not. Yeah. I mean, look, he the, he
1: didn't do anything to dispel the notion that he doesn't trust Bruce Allen. There was nothing that he said in that that indicated he yeah, the said... Yeah, question,
0: the question about Bruce was an interesting dodge. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he has like, a job well, to do. Yeah, he's like, he yeah. yeah, has a tougher job. He has a job to do. And, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, we, we want to win around here. Yeah. Winning fixes everything. yeah. You know, he's... Yeah, you know, he's yeah, yeah. The so, so there,
1: was, there was, you know, it, it, that was his opportunity to say, look, A lot of things have been said about Bruce Allen. They're not true. We get along fine. You know, I have an understanding. No, he didn't do any of that. So, (laughs) to me, uh, you know, it it looks like it's... I've been saying it for a while. I think it's over.
0: Oh, it's... Oh, it's over. It's over. Oh, it's, yeah, so, yeah. it's so over. Yeah. It's just literally a matter of how is it going to unless
1: end. Unless they, they, they decide that $35 no. million is not a crazy amount of money to pay. No. And they're going to make them suffer another year.
0: No, because basically Jay's comments about we yeah. can't do this again, that was them outlining the outer limits of their position, which means they're not going to go through the year. Right. I they agree. may hit him with a tag and then trade them for whatever they can get back, a second rounder a 2 and a 4 or something like that, a 1 maybe, a low 1, something like but that. But
1: you're going to be limited in who you can trade him to because he's going to he's going to say, well, if you trade me to Buffalo, I'm just going to play under the tag. Well, bag. of course
0: he's going to be limited, but it, basically you say, look, we're going to tag you and trade you, so go talk to the three teams you want to go to, probably Phoenix, Denver, and somebody else. Yeah. Get a deal together, and then we'll knock out compensation to send you over there. Yeah. The question is, let's say Denver has a deal in place money-wise with Kirk, And then the Redskins go, yeah, we'll take your first rounder. And Denver's like, the fuck you will. Mm -hmm. And then it breaks up because of that. How about worst case scenario? Belichick to Giants.
1: Eli to Jacksonville with Coughlin. Kirk to the Giants. Andy?
0: That would suck. That would, would, that would suck. totally <laughs> suck. And th- thank you for the nightmare fuel on that one. Don't, really, really appreciate it. Don't that. rule anything out. Okay, so that's the Redskins. Uh, one other quick thing as we are now into the meat of winter mm-hmm. the Capitals and they are playing some good
1: hockey. I, this could be our year. I think this is the worst case scenario for them. It was like, it was like, look, we're we're gonna get in, we're gonna fly under the radar. It's gonna be just like nineteen ninety eight. Now they're on the radar. Now they're in.
0: They, they're they can't on the help radar. themselves. They're winning.
1: They're winning. They're winning. Now what's gonna happen in April? <laughs> we're gonna be sitting here saying help us. another year. The,
0: the, okay, if they lose in the first round in April, then we'll do this weekly get together. With the car literally on the key bridge. (laughs) I'll I'll put the hazards on. I'll throw the keys into the Potomac River. Police will come. There'll be a huge backup. What's going on? Zabe and Andy are at wits end because the caps have crapped out again in the first round. Barry Trotz is in his last year of his
1: contract. Ted doesn't like to pay off contracts. So, yeah, I mean, short of making it, I think if they make it to the Eastern Finals, I think they'll declare that a win.
0: Call it a win. Yeah, you but, hang a banner for that. But
1: you know, I mean, we've,
0: we've hung banners for lots I
1: know. Look, they, <laughs> they they do that. But this this it's it's every year. This isn't this isn't something that's you know popped up. I know. This, well, I'm
0: glad I'm glad they're playing well, and let's hope that this year is the year they finally break through. But uh, it'll be
1: interesting. Be right? Look, look, this could be the year that both the Nationals and the Capitals win championships
0: or they get both not, we'll the and, then, and then the windows start closing across the board, right. and we're sitting here as longtime D.C. residents saying, we're never going to win anything, ever, yeah. in yeah. any of our sports. Yeah, well, another, you. another unhappy thought, yeah. which we're not going to end on today. Andy, good to see you as good always. You. Thanks for taking time. We'll see you next week. Very good. We'll leave you with this non-sports item. Did you see the story about the frozen alligators in the South? And by frozen alligators, I don't mean alligators that died because, holy shit, it was 20 degrees in South Carolina and their ponds froze and they died. No, no, these are the alligators that were frozen in the ice, but knew instinctively, because this is hardwired into their genetic DNA, that if the ice is going to freeze, they need to stick their snouts outside of the surface of of the ice. It's one of the freakiest things I've ever seen. There are these alligator snouts that were frozen in ice on little canals down in the south where the alligators, because of what they know to do instinctively, they go into this deep, dormant state called torpor, which is also the state that I go into uh, once I've had too many cocktails and too much pizza on a Sunday watching football. They go into a state of dormancy called torpor in which their metabolism slows down so much that they're almost dead, but they're not. But the key is they've got to keep their snout out of the frozen water. So they showed a video of all these gator snouts in a frozen little creek, a little pond, a little ditch or whatever with their noses sticking out. And once the ice started to melt, the alligators were like, Okay. That was fun. That is just amazing, isn't it? That they know how to do this because this is I'm sure the first time in a generation. I don't know how gators I don't know how long gators live, but I'm pretty sure many of these gators haven't seen a hard freeze like this in at least a dozen years. So how would they know? It's not a learned behavior. It's a hardwired genetic passed on behavior of, "Hey, if you start feeling really really cold, and you feel like the water's going to freeze, you might want to stick your nose above the ice. Oh, I don't know. Then what? Uh, Just hang out until it melts. Well, that could be a while. Yeah, well, hopefully it's not. (laughs) That's why we live in South Carolina. We don't live in Pennsylvania. And yes, that's why you really don't find alligators. Much further than South Carolina. Maybe North Carolina, but I don't even think North Carolina. I think South Carolina is pretty much it for gators because eventually, once you get in North Carolina, Virginia, and all the way on up, there will be hard enough freezes in which, yes, the ice is too thick for too long and the alligators die. And that, kids, is nature's wonder in action. So you, so you can say, if nothing else, you learned a little something today. If you didn't already see that story uh, on the news, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, at least you heard it here on the ZabeCast. And with that, we're going to call it a day. Thank you so much for listening yet again, and thank you for downloading and telling two friends about the ZabeCast. A little extra dose of me, you're not going to get anywhere else on the radio or any other property that I have. So enjoy the food cart that is this little Monday through Friday gathering. Tell two friends. Email me anytime, zabe at yahoo.com. Throw me a follow on Twitter, at Zabe, and we will see you next time.